Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Make it hot, I can't stop. That's a bob, that's a bob. Make it hot, I can't stop. That's a bob, that's, that's a bob. Make it hot, I can't stop. That's a bob, that's a bob. Make it hot, I can't stop. That's a bob, that's, that's a bob. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That means we play jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you can see live right here in the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Black Alack. And they are doing their party Saturday at Antone. I like that name. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. it's a cool group. Zeely, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy. And then uh, a lot of beats are done with Gary Carduna. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. Uh, very talented human beings like to hang out together. That's yes. the thing. Uh, all right. Thanks to my man, Patrick. He's one of those very talented human beings as well. He, our ideal unit hooks us up with 512 Friday. And I believe if you missed any of those suggestions for some of your New Year's uh, celebrations or hotspots, we'll have that posted for you at hornfm.com. All right. You can uh, hit us up. Specs text line. Best way to do it. You are the pulse of this thing, the heartbeat of it. 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. Via Twitter. In the Twitterverse, I'm at Rod Babers. My man, Harge at Hardball Harge. And Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. You want to reach the real MV. All right, Texas losing to Washington 27 to 20. And I, I, I brought this up earlier, Harge. If I had told you prior to the game, all right, if I had went back to the future, tapped the flux capacitor, grabbed one of them sports almanacs and came back and said, hey, man, Quinn Ewers went 31 to 47, 369 yards, one touchdown, and the defense held Washington one, if not the most prolific passing offense in the country, to only 27 points. If I came back and gave you those two little nuggets and told you to pick who won the game, you'd have picked Texas, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You'd pick them to cover, wouldn't uh, you? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't do So it. what happened? They didn't do either. <laughs> they didn't win. They See, didn't what go. had nothing, happened yeah, was. Yeah, nothing, nothing happened, actually. Uh, yeah, so Texas loses. And I thought the defense, and we'll start there because I want to start the positive. We kind of went negative to start, and I understand that because mm-hmm, it's a loss. Uh-huh. The posi- I, I thought the defense had a winning game plan to start the game. I thought it was a winning game plan. And by the way, Blackshirt almost was right. Didn't I tell you? Yeah. I said, they're not going to start out running the football. That would be stupid, and Kellen DeBoer is a damn good coach. Nobody's going to just start off running the football right at Texas. That's a fool's errand. You're not going to do that. It's so not good not, for you. Not good for you. So yeah. first 20 plays. Matter of fact, first play. And I told you this on these very airways. I said, I would do a flea picker against Texas because they're very aggressive, and you want to make them over-pursue and make their aggressiveness work against them. Flea flicker on the first play. Boom. They went boom, right down the field. Boom. On the first 20 plays, they I wouldn't say they threw it. 17 times out of the first they 30 could do play, it 57 20 plays. times. Yeah. In the first 20 plays, they, 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 they only ran it like three or four times in the first 20 plays. Yeah. So, so my, and I think, by the way, Texas actually did follow my initial game plan too. I said, because I think you're playing the chess match, all right, you're trying to predict how your opponent's going to come out, how they're going to try to exploit you. Texas had one of the better rush defenses in the country. 
teams averaging 3.3 yards per carry against Texas. Um, Texas only allowed 100-yard rusher all year. And if you're a Washington best passing offense in the country going up against an 88th best pass defense, you want your strength on their weakness. So they came out throwing the football. Texas came out, what I tell you? Lighter boxes. Mm-hmm. They came out saying, "All right, you know what? We'll just let our D, I'll let our defensive front, and we'll let Jalen Ford and company stop the run early because we don't think they're going to prioritize it. So why the hell are we going to prioritize stopping the run? So they they pretty much had a light box or match the box, which means you're trying to match the numbers that they have in the box on every down, except for man late in the game, probably at the start of the fourth quarter when Texas finally started uh, trying to stop the run. Why? Well, because Washington then started their adjustment, nope, nope. which was they started to run the ball. They sure so did. they went they, ran they, it twenty eight times. Exactly. So the the, the the chess match was they came out passing, which we all knew. Told you yep. they would come out passing. Texas came out with a lighter box to allocate resources and numbers to the pass defense. Perfect. All right. That's why Penix struggled early on in the pass. He's throwing against numbers in the passing game. We told you that they wouldn't be able to get to him because Texas creates pressure, but he's really good at avoiding pressure, and their offensive line is really good at protecting the passer. So then his is the chess match. So the adjustment by Washington was a simple adjustment. What do they do? Well, if you're gonna go lighter boxes, we'll just run the damn ball. Yep. They finally decided, all right, you know what? If they're gonna give us the numbers advantage in the box, we gotta run the damn ball. So he started to run the rock against Texas. Slowly but surely, run the ball and what they do that forced a move by texas their counter was to go to more single high defense they were in two deep defenses two high safety defenses to try to create that shell look of the numbers advantage on the back end to force them all right to to hand off the ball on their rpos to hand off the ball or try to run the football because they had lighter boxes so they went more single high. and as soon as texas went to single high looks what it came to board in the washington offense do started chunking it deep again yep Yep. So, remember those sites are taking oh, those shots Oh, you trying to bring it? Trying, okay, oh, yeah. let's go up top because at least we know. Exactly. Because, yep. oh, now you're going to bring an extra guy in the box? All right, now we'll chunk it deep on our side. That's what we we've know been waiting for. We got the numbers. Right. So they, and then they went through this, this little dance. They went through it all game long. Texas ended up losing that dance, honestly, because they gave up a 100-yard rusher. Texas defensive line, which I thought would be able to withstand the onslaught of being outnumbered in the box and win one-on-ones, they didn't. Right. The D-line had one of the worst games of the season. That's what I did not count on. Right. I thought D-Line would have one of their best games of the season because you got Ojimo and Coburn, guys who get ready to play at the next level, and then you got uh, Collins, and you got Broaden, and you got Sweat, and you, I mean, you got Byron Murphy. You're so deep there, five, six deep. Yep. I did not think you'd get pushed around and bullied by Pac-12 offensive line. That's exactly what happened, why you allowed your second 100-yard rusher. So I was right about the chess match. I was wrong and miscalculated that Texas would have an advantage in the trenches. They did not. Right. That was the miscalculation on my part, and that was the adjustment that they had to make because the D-line couldn't stop the running game. Right, and not that was, late in the game, and that's not what we were expecting. We were expecting that D line, as you said, would to be able to get that push. Yep. Because when you when you heard um, DeBoer in the conversation, he was talking about how physical he thought Texas's football team was. Mm-hmm. You thought you were going to be able to go up there, and we talked about it too. Get those big humans up there to start getting into the backfield and providing pressure. Texas was leading the country in quarterback pressures. They didn't get a chance to really pressure him. He was still being able to throw it. As we talked about, he threw it 54 times. But to your point, Rob, you sit there and you look at how they broke it down and started running the football. Texas gave up their second 100-yard rusher of the year. Mm -hmm. But they were being effective 
early in the game because you said it, the cat and mouse game. How are you going to be able to do it? How are you going to adjust? Oh, he's going to do that. Well, I need to do this. Nope, we're going to go back the other way. But you got to have you got to be able to have some playmakers that can step up in this situation as well. And I think that was where Texas didn't have those playmakers until late into the game. They struggled in the first half, first quarter. I mean, did Texas even really do anything? First half, three points. I know. That's why, as, as I think, two things failed, right? The complimentary football failed yeah. because the defense didn't get any offensive support. But also, getting back to the point you just made, you made, I think it was an astute point, an astute observation. The Texas defense just didn't make enough plays. Schematically, I want to say the PK scheme was right there. Was right. Like yeah, I, it was like, right there. Like I just there. said, he almost did exactly what I yeah. thought he would do. Yeah. Washington came out exactly the way I thought they would come. Remember, Washington set the tone early and actually proved PK scheme correct when yeah. they came out throwing deep balls early. Yep. It almost like, oh, you definitely should have those two safeties back there. They want to throw it deep. They want to throw it deep all day, every day, twice on Sunday. And they and basically once you back those two safeties up deep, they you know, Phoenix kept trying to throw it. They yeah. wanted to force the issue, and Texas was winning that uh that chess match because they allocated resources to stop the pass and yep. didn't prioritize the run run defense because Washington didn't prioritize their run game. But when that changed, I think it was go look at it, nine minutes left in the second quarter, I believe is when it changed. Yeah. There's that drive. It was like nine minutes left in the second quarter, and that's when and it was right after they broke the, the touchdown run. Mm-hmm. It was right after they broke the touchdown run. That next drive, somebody up in that booth, it was like eight or nine of them dudes said, we got to run it. We have to. Right. They're, 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 they're giving it to you. They're giving you six, seven yards. They're going to give it to you. And if you got a running back that's got good vision and can break a tackle or two, it's going to be more than that. And that's what happened when that, I forgot his name, Wayne. I'll well, say his yeah, first. Uh, yeah. yeah, I won't say Tala, his name. Tala, 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 Tala Papa. Papa. I don't yeah. want to disrespect yep. the man because he don't. He, he, hey, no he disrespect, some respect at all. on the name. Yeah, because right. he, he balled out against Texas, yeah. averaging almost over seven yards per rush. And I think ultimately that's what failed them. It was the personnel that failed Texas, not the scheme defensively. The scheme was sound the chess match was sound you couldn't find a defender to make a play all right, because was it Cook who had that almost pick six? Terrence where Brooks, he, oh, Terrence Brooks, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Brooks, yeah. Brooks, Brooks almost had it, had it. Yeah. right? And that would have been a big play. But that's a play you're talking about. If you have that, that's almost that was almost probably a pick six because he it, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, pretty so close. So that's one of those ones that you're yep. like, that's a play. Exactly. And Jalen Ford was making that play late swing. in the season. He yep. was making those types of plays yep. when yep. you needed it. Yep. And also think about you had zero tackles for loss, right? That means your guys in the front seven didn't make a lot of plays. Didn't, didn't bring make, it the way they were supposed plays. to. So I, I think the scheme was sound. I, yep. And I, I, I agree. I, this, it was the same scheme that I would have came out with. And I've been telling you guys that. And that's exactly what PK did. He did it, And Washington did exactly what I thought they would do. What failed Texas was the personnel on defense did not make enough plays. Zero tackles for loss. Patrick's right about that. Terrence Brooks, he's a youngster. And by yep. the way, he's going to be good. Love right. me some Terrence Man. Brooks. Hey, he's he made the right play. He's he just didn't catch it. He just didn't yeah. finish it. But if you're talking about playmaking and those little things that make a difference, got, that's got a, have, that could be a 10-point, 14-point swing. Got to have it. Got to hey, have it. You yeah. know how you call Lamar DB high? Yeah. Little M. That's where he and Ryan Watts are from the same high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so they're going to be two starting Oh, court. yeah. So you're telling me Texas has had two starters in their secondary in back-to-back years who were from the same, same high school? Same high school. Because Houston Lamar did it three times because 2021. Yeah, because you had uh, you had multiple starters in there what, too. Ter- not Terrence Green, but uh, you had uh, Jalen Green. You had Anthony. You had Anthony Cook. Cause remember one time you had Anthony Cook, Deshaun Jameson, and I forget Jalen Green. I think 
Like no, nah, he's not from he's not from Houston Lamar. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Going back to it. But still, I didn't know that. Thank you for that little yeah, note there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I I said I think the the players did not step up. This this is how you know the, the players didn't step up and make plays. This is how we know this, right? Go look at and remember, you got to give credit to my man Keandre Coburn and Jalen Ford. Because they said before the game, when they were asked what offense most resembles the Washington Husky offense, they both said Texas Tech. They did. Guys. They did. What played Texas defensively in the Texas Tech game? They couldn't get off the field. G-O-T-F. Get off the field. Come Put on. a D in there. G-O-T-D. <laughs> get off the damn field. All right? So the Wash- in, in the Washington game, you had. Come on, bro. Tell me them, tell me them drives. Ten play touchdown drive. Yep. Sixteen play field goal drive. 13-play touchdown drive, mm-hmm. 14-play touchdown drive, 13-play turnover on downs. We had a 13-play drive where they had turnover on downs. Mm-hmm. You had five double-digit play drives. I ain't even go look at the time and see how much time they took up, but they, they helped them control the game. Same thing with Tech. Go back and look at that Texas Tech game. You had a 10-play touchdown drive, 13-play yep. turnover on downs drive. You had an 11-play field goal drive, 18-play touchdown drive, 13-play touchdown drive, 15-play field goal drive. You had six drives in that game. There were double-digit drives. Couldn't get, get off the field. off the field, man. Yeah. Somebody make a play. Well, to answer your question about the time of possession, not just on those, they had the ball for 35 minutes and 46 seconds. Texas had it for 24 minutes. Get well, off the field. Hey, but this is – that, but that goes back to – I know you're trying to get some film, but get <laughs> yeah. off the field. But, Good Lord. But that goes back to what you said when you read off those stats and say, would you think it's a win? And they go, well, there's one stat in there that I don't like yep. and I wouldn't like. And that's that time of possession. It's not time of possession. Third it's the down. amount of throws. Oh. 47 throws. Texas has uh, thrown the ball more than 31 times in four games. Yep. They lost all four, all of, four of those games. games. Mm-hmm. Yep. It it's, is the not, da- it's the Dak Prescott effect. 31 as many passes as they've complete, or thrown in a game and won a game. You, you blame Steven for that. Yeah. I Steven's can't, the but that's what I'm saying is, times. when you do that, and you go, we have more incompletions than ru- designed run plays. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I that get it, blew but me I, away. That's, a, ooh, that's an ugly that's stat. That's an ugly We had stat. 14 designed run plays. We had 17 incompletions or 16 mm. incompletions. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm just saying, like, that to me, I get you, hey, the run game's not working early. Also, your run stats are a little skewed because we're counting sacks against the run game, so yeah. we're going to make the run numbers look a little bit worse. But I, it, you have to run the ball more. You have to put in Jonathan Brooks, who scored both your touchdowns, yep. and try and get him into the game. But the entire game plan was you salivated for three weeks, four weeks about Quinn Ewers. Man, this is going to be Quinn Ewers coming out party, and we're going to do it. And you go, cool, you, you want to help him out. You might want to help him out by like running the ball some. Uh, I, nah, we'll run it. Left tackle, Keelan Robinson, we're good. And uh, then we're going to throw the ball 14 more times in a row. But that's 16 game completions. Yeah, he completed 31, but 16, that's a lot of drive killers. It, it is, and I will say to, to your point, because I think it's a great stat, um, how many drops did, did they have? Four drops? Yep. The guys in the uh, game? Crucial Yeah, drops. I was going to say timely. Crucial, about third downs. And, and one was, taking it to the house. Third, and I know he missed He missed the throw. He missed the slant on an RPO for X-Men. He missed some throws. He wasn't, he wasn't yeah. perfect. What, what's the Daryl Rowe uh, quote? But, yeah, that when you throw There's it, three things that <laughs> happen and two of them are bad. And yeah. you, you threw it 47 times, and you design ran it. You design ran it. 14 times. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, your and, odds are not in your favor. That's no, no, bad that's, gambling. That's Steven showing up again. Yep. We saw the same thing in the TCU game where some reason Steven gets fixated on, hey, you know what? We, you know, we're just going to throw it and just totally abandons the running game. Um, I understand why he abandoned it because it was ineffective. But part of, part of the ineffectiveness of the running game was the personnel you chose. 
Yeah. You mm-hmm. chose Keelan Robinson to start that game. I know he knows your system better because he's been with you longer. But the fact that he's been with you longer, you should know him better and know that he can't run in between the ding, tackles. Ding, 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 ding. He's a complimentary piece to the running game. He should never be the focal point of a running game. Man. That's like trying to make a side dish like mac and cheese <laughs> or mashed potatoes and gravy your main dish. Don't give me peas and carrots for my main dish. I need something substantive. Thank and you. Jonathan Brooks is a more substantive back. He's not a side dish. And that you tried to, that's, that's what happened to your running game yeah. when you try to make a complimentary player your featured player in the running game. That was a dang coaching mistake and an obvious one, too. And, yeah, and I mean, you obvious. threw the ball to Keelan Robinson six times. He got 40 yards. He did fine in that. Because that's his role. That's his exactly. role. <laughs> that's who he is. Or get him on the perimeter with some, um, some, some yes. runs that are designed to get him to the edge and get him outside. You're running him in between the tackles? Yep. Come on, man. Yep. Tony, it's like washing the dishes, man. <laughs> That's like outstanding. That I like that. I like that. your theory. Give people like theory again. The theory. theory is that he runs the ball in a way that is destined to fail. <laughs> Therefore, he has to throw the ball. If you go, hey man, we tried to run the ball. We tried. You saw us. We you saw we us? called. I ran four in a row and we barely moved. So I gotta throw the ball. But you're like, man, but you called plays. That that's. That's that nobody's on gonna run. You called. Yep. You called Rojo plays for Keelan Robinson. Yes, they're like, not the same. Rojo <laughs> led the country in broken tackle rate the last two years, higher rate than Bijan Robinson, who set the Pro Football Focus record this past season for broken tackles. You were calling plays like you still had those guys in the game. You didn't. I needed more of the schematic advantage. Yep. And by the way. I think starting Jonathan Brooks would have helped. I don't know if it would have. Also, if you want to tell me, helped. if you want to come back after the game and go, man, we had problems running the ball. Well, do you have another running back in the room that maybe could have been a dynamic player and was a highly recruited guy? Maybe, maybe could have got a carry or two. He maybe. said all three would play. He said all three, but maybe he could get a carry or two. If you, if the run game really in your head is just those running backs aren't getting it done, then maybe put him in. See, spark. Hey, man, if he runs the ball twice, spark. gets stopped at the line of scrimmage. Fine, I get it. It hey, worked with Jonathan Brooks though. When he put Jonathan Brooks in there, yeah, he scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's I'll get into that in Rod's round of the day. Just kind of the lack of creativity from Sark overall, but just kind of getting back to the running game. One of the things also I think that hurt him, they had more variety and versatility in the running game during the year. You had the six o line package. We called it the Big Twelve package. You had the uh, oh. 21 personnel, which I've been screaming say, for yep. for the last two years. Yep, you had yep. 21 personnel. They run 20 personnel. Matter of fact, your most explosive, your most successful, your most efficient personnel grouping at yards per play, yards per attempt, explosive play rates, all of that is 21 personnel, actually. It was last season, and it is this this past season, too. And sorry, that was a crucial part of their running game this year. Not one rep. Not one. Not one rep of 21 personnel, not one rep of 20 personnel, not one rep of the 6-0 line package. And as to my man uh, Patrick said, and to credit to him, because I forgot all about it, Kyle Flood even said we'd see the 6-0 yep. line package. He was, he was asked that specific question that with Andre Carrick leaving, yep. would they would that play in, would that play not be able to use anymore because they couldn't do it because Andre Carrick left? And he said no. We have been doing this since, since before we came yeah. to Texas. Right. No, no, since Atlanta, actually. They yeah. said we've, been doing, we've been doing it since we yeah. were working together, and we always have a backup. There's always someone else ready to do it. And it, and, and we just also heard Kyle Flood say he's got the most depth uh, of, of young offensive linemen, quality young offensive linemen that he's ever had in his career yes. coaching. Yes. And we don't think one of them guys can be the sixth offensive line in the 6-0 line package? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It was one of the least creative game plans, personnel-wise, that I've seen all year from Sark. And my thinking would be, if I lost 
extraordinary elite talent like Bijan and Rojo, I need to up the schematic innovation. Yeah, I need to up the creativity to try to make up for that. And yet for Sark, it went the opposite couldn't, way. Couldn't agree that more, was an arrogant game plan. Bro. That was a game plan from an arrogant man. An arrogant Steven. Steven, you are arrogant. Not Sark, but Steven is arrogant. Yeah. That was an arrogant game plan. I'm sorry, it was. It was, from start to finish. I love the way that he made his young quarterback comfortable, but in terms of the running game yep. and the lack of balance with the offense, you either assume that you could beat that team by just throwing the football, which is also arrogant, or you assume, oh, my running game will be just fine without Bijan and Rojo. And Wrong. I assume that it would, it, would, it would take a step back. I thought, hey, man, this will be the office without Michael Scott, you all right, without that. Steve Carell. Right. It'll still be watchable. It won't be as hilarious and as funny, but I'll still be able to watch it and enjoy myself. No, it was not that. As a matter of fact, that offense, that running game, without Bijan, without Rojo, it was Destiny Child, without Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. It was non-existent. It was it playing all instrumental. It was, it was exactly. You, it wasn't no, nobody singing. Yeah, it was what karaoke the, version. Yeah. I mean, what the hell was that? So I, that's my disappointment is that I thought, oh, Sartre, and as you point out, Hart, against his ex. Against his More ex. More motivation. It's your ex. You, you know, and, and you knew it from the very beginning. Everybody as soon knows. as they announced it. Texas will be playing in the Alamo Bowl against Washington. And you, the storyline was there. You should have been hitting the gym, getting them push-ups in, getting that crunches. I'm about to show out because I know I'm looking at it from afar. Man, 10 wins, 10 wins. Ooh. Come on. They're going to try to come out here and do something. You know uh, they are. Uh, and they're in Texas. They trying to recruit here too. I'm going to show them what these Texas boys all about. Nope. 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 Come on. And again. There, there was opportunities there. There were a bunch of opportunities, but the game plan was not the reason that there were opportunities. It was frustrating, man, and I'm 100% in agreement with you. I thought it was very vanilla. You didn't try to be any creative. At least they came out in the very first play and ran a flea flicker. First damn play. They tried to trick you at least at the very beginning. Hey, and did you see they also ran the Shano play? They did. With the with the wide delay? Yes. Uh, with the, oh, sorry, it's wide middle screen. Wide it was a middle screen. screen. It was uh, the tight end middle screen. By the way, um, they have, ran we the ever, play. Have, we, have we decided we're never going to run a screen at this university again? They did. They, they did. They touched down on the outside, but after yeah. that, nothing they, else. They ran, they ran another. It ran another one the Keelan Robinson action. I thought about you too, and it got because it was early on in the game, and I and I sensed it to my wife. I said, "Damn, Bijan breaks that." <laughs> Because it was, it was like a third down screen. It was like third and like eight, and he got six or something like that. Yeah. I was like, Bijan gets that first down. Yeah. Bijan might break it. He might have taken that to the house. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of Longhorn fans were saying that, like, oh, Bijan breaks that one. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I think for Sark, it was, um, I don't know, I just can't understand how, like you said, the extra motivation for playing your ex, um, knowing you weren't going to have Rojo and Bijan, and how the game plan seemed to lack creativity. Man. It was it was very strange. Very. Like I said, I, and I can just give you the basic numbers, the personnel groupings. No twenty, no twenty-one, no thirty. Maybe you just come out there with thirty, 30 personnel yeah. sometimes. Thought yeah. all three backs would play. They're not. So didn't have any of that. Didn't have the six O line package. And you know, we'll get into this in Rod's round of the day too. But I think ultimately that is gonna be uh for Sark, that is one of the steps he needs to take to become a great coach and not just a, an above average coach, is that He's got to learn that he needs to be the schematic advantage um, more consistently within the yep, offense. Yep. I see it at times. Take the Jonathan Brooks touchdown. 
And this has always been like, you know what? I'll get into that Roger Rabbit day. If I start yeah, random yeah, now, I'll yeah. be random for another 15 minutes. All right, so Roger Rabbit day. <laughs> it's we'll, coming up. We'll continue this very same discussion yeah. about uh, the Texas uh, football team and about Sark and the offense. We'll get into that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Just going to continue our discussion we were having about the uh, Texas loss to Washington in the Alamo Bowl and really some of the, the struggles. Uh, for the uh, the lack of offensive identity uh, um, for Texas in that matchup. And, you know, this is something that we talked about a lot on the pregame, and we got into it. And, you know, for Sark, I think the struggle for him was the basically the, the collection of cheat codes that he had in the backfield with a guy like Rojo and Bijan. And I think he took it for granted to a certain extent. Remember I said earlier in the year before the year started, you know, my motto for 2022 was put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. It'll solve all your problems. Doesn't matter what it is. Oh, my quarterback's having a bad day. He's having an off day. Uh, put some Bijan on it. Oh, the O-line can't block. Put some Bijan on it. Oh, the weather sucks. Put some Bijan on it. Oh, the wind's howling. The wind's too strong. Put some Bijan on it. Why receivers can't catch? Put some Bijan on it. It literally was the answer to everything. <laughs> and right. every every... For Sark, every game was an open book test, and the answer to every question was more Bijan. Yep. Oh, what? What? Just put some more Bijan. Akuna Matana. Yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> oh man, what am I gonna do about this running right. game? More Bijan. Right. Well, my passing game really needs to spark. More Bijan. Like it was the answer to everything. And I in this game, I saw that look on Sark's face where he didn't have the answers. We've all remembered this look from last year. We saw it a few times Arkansas. last season. Yeah, exactly. Arkansas. That, that look, he's like stupefied. Yeah, no. Like, I have no answers. Guys, much. we are bad. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> in terms of running game, he didn't really have answers. And this is my thing about Sark. I always say this about you know his his offense, and he'll probably describe it as something more complicated and complex. But this is my way of simplifying it. His offense is simply a collection of cheat codes and force multipliers, uh, things that have been statistically and analytically proven to give teams offenses advantages over time. And these include schematically, uh, conceptually, philosophically. Could just be personnel. Could just be moving personnel to find the matchup advantage, right? Um, And whether that's, you know, the the pre-snap motion, what Brian Harsh used to call funk, right? Mm -hmm. He he, he always talk about, man, we got to make it funky. All right. I want a lot of pre-snap motions and shifts. Make funk. He always told me, he said, man, motion causes emotion. Yep. Trust me. And people make bad decisions when they're emotional. Remember, people always tell you when you're at a funeral or something bad time in your life, don't make any big decisions. Because making emotional decisions are usually bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You want to make defenders emotional. And he always said motion causes emotion. They'll start thinking, they'll start thinking too much, and then boom, you can cause them to overreact to something. And start Loses a lot of pre-snap motion. Now, what are you talking about? RPOs and play action pass. You're talking about targets to motion. Are you talking about bunch formations or empty formations or personnel, different personnel groupings, wildcats, whatever? He is known for probably compiling um, and combining more force multiplying cheat codes together than anybody else within one play. And... He, he essentially overloads the central processing unit of the defense. They almost have too much to process and such a short amount of time to do it. And that's why guys end up running wide open, right? It's almost, I always say, you give them too much to digest, they get indigestion. 
<laughs> and essentially that's what Sark wants to do. He wants to give the defense indigestion by giving them way too much to digest on any given down. Take his the best player of the night, I think, for Texas was the Jonathan Brooks screen blast ended up being a touchdown. Think about that play, if you remember it. You had yo-yo motion, Jay Witt from the field all the way to the boundary and coming back to the field. That was one cheat code. Yep. You had a play-action pass fake to Jay Brooks, who ends up later getting the screen pass. And he even threw in more misdirection, by the way. He threw in a half-row, half-boot for Quinn to the field, away from the screen. Which was crazy. Just to try to get the defense and the safety going the other way. So it's like, oh, no, we got to defend whatever, the seven route, deep route, flood route, whatever, to the field. And then came back to the boundary to throw the screen. Simple, easy completion. But by then, the defense, they got indigestion. They got the bubble guts. Yeah. They, have to, they have to process all that different stuff. And by then, like, oh, man, I can't even get over it. You see how, you see how everybody looks slow trying to chase Jay Brooks? Everybody was worn out by then. Yeah. That is when he's at his best. Those are his best plays. And, and when he gets creative, right? Think about the fourth and one. The 19, I was at a 19 yard reception for, well, no, no, I think it was 30, 34 yards to uh, yeah, Casey Kane. Kane yeah. Was it 34? Somewhere around there. It was, it was a low completion. Just put him in the backfield. He's done that before with X Men, too. But he does it like once a game. And I always say, man, play the hits. If it works for him, put somebody else in the backfield exactly. and tell him do, do it. Again. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and when Sark has a, a successful play, he almost checks the box and goes, all right, can't use that again. But it, it, works. it works. It works. It works. Yeah. Play the hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? He always plays the he plays the, the songs nobody wants to hear. He re, uh, he, he replays those. No. He's the one that the gets hits. everyone off the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 He's like, oh, I guess everybody needs to go get a drink from the right? bar or something. I'm going to get off right now. DJ Steven over there. <laughs> Yeah, but that, to me, and then you get a big gain, right? Because the defense is discombobulated because, oh, not only do we have, a, I think it was a three-by-one formation to deal with, but also we got to worry about Casey Kane in the back. I think they even ran a mesh concept there as well. Just giving the defense more to process. And when his play calls or designs get lazy or when they have fewer of these forced multipliers and cheat codes, mm-hmm. it shows. Sometimes it's because he doesn't have a muse. I think he, certain athletes like his X-Men, like Quinn Ewers, like B. John Robinson, they really stimulate his p- creativity. Yep. They make him want to design plays to force feed the football to really good guys, to really great players. Um, when you don't have like a guy like Bijan and Arojo, guys who are the best um, at breaking, best backs at breaking tackles in the country. Basically, you had the two best backs in the country at breaking tackles in the same backfield. I'm not making that up. You look at broken tackle rate, Rojo led the country in broken tackle rate, higher than Bijan last two years, and then Bijan Robinson set a pro football focus record this season for broken tackles. So the best backs at breaking tackles in the backfield last year and the year before that. And for Sark to assume that the running game was just going to pick up right where it left off after losing extraordinary elite talent like that, that's just arrogance. That's hubris. Because yep. if he if he did suspect that running game was going to drop off, you'd have saw way more creativity out the mm-hmm. running game, mm-hmm. and you didn't. He went to that same saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll hand the ball to Keelan Robinson, and we're going to run the same stuff we ran with Rojo and Bijan, and it's going to work." Sorry, Coach. Yeah, wrong. These people are making nope. people missing a phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're extraordinary. Yeah. You basically yeah. Had, that game plan disrespected Rojo and Bijan. Because there was a game plan that assumed, oh, we're just going to run it. We're going to run it like we did with Rojo and Bijan. No, you're not. Yeah. 
paying a, are you not paying attention? Obviously not. Otherwise, you'd have started Jonathan Brooks over Keenan Robinson. So you won't pay Chilling. My point is this. Sark, you need to become an extremist with your offensive philosophy. More cheat codes, more force multipliers, more creativity, more innovation on every play consistently. Um, because if he's just depending on this the same scheme that he had with Bijan and Rojo to go out there and be able to produce and score a lot of points, I think that is flawed logic. And mm-hmm. I think we need more of Sark and less Steven uh, in in this creativity, this creative game plan going forward. So yeah. uh, I, I hope Sark learned a lesson there. And the lesson was your offense needs more of a schematic advantage, especially in the run game without B. John Rojo. The passing game, I'll give Sark a lot of credit. I thought he did a good job with the passing game, getting Quinn Ewers comfortable, making sure that Quinn Ewers was in a rhythm, and giving him easy completions for most of the day. Even though they threw seven deep passes, <clears throat> only connected on one, and I think that one they connected on was the Hail Mary. But you go look at Quinn, man, and I just love the way they broke down. So we had uh, the 41 pass attempts it was, right? 40, 47, yeah, 47, 47, 47 yeah. pass attempts. Seven of those end up being deep passes. And I went back and tried to break it down. He had 30 attempts under 10 yards. Out of those 47 all, passes. It was all like, throw it up there. 30 attempts Let's under go. 10 yards. And he yeah. was having most of his trouble trying to complete things past 15 yards. So Sark made a very user-friendly offense for his young quarterback. That was smart by Sark. And that's growth from Sark, too. Sark has, especially when he abandons the running game, he has this, you know, sometimes I think it's, and I, I've been critical of it before, um, he has a tendency to just get obsessed and fixated with the golden arm of Quinn Ewers that can, that can make every throw. Right. Just because he can make every throw doesn't mean he should be trying to make every throw. Every throw ain't made and for he everybody. Didn't, exactly. Nope. He, he didn't do that in this game. And he did not get fixated on just Xavier Worthy or one specific receiver. They did spread the ball around to a lot of different guys. Even though X-Men got 14 targets, that's a lot. A lot of targets. He always right. gets a lot of targets. But I thought they spread the ball around a lot, too, with the 47 different pass attempts. So I like what Sark did in the passing game, but no, that offense, the running game was a no-show without Bijan and Rojo. Right. And he's got to fix that. that. That's something that we got to go into the offseason, which is why I was so upset and trying to figure out 22. Are we finishing off the season or are we looking to next year? Are we trying to set ourselves up with next year? And it was they were finishing the game. They were finishing the season. And that's the sad part for me because with everything that you just brought up, you thought that you could create the exact same um, type of running plays you couldn't, and you didn't scheme anything else for exactly. them. You didn't even adjust. You didn't even try. What was your adjustment, man? Right. You're supposed to be. What's your feel for the game? You can't adjust. And I'm with you. Sometimes it's bringing another player to be a spark. Right. More Jay Brooks or maybe beating in Jaden Blue. I don't know exactly what the situation is. Um, but these things, the, the feel of the game, um, the lack of the creativity um, that Sark uh, had in this uh, game plan, these are all things that I think have haunted Sark for a little while. He is a a 55% win coach. Basically, he's won 56% of his games. 55.6, I think, is the number. Um, but if you look at his games that he has coached against coaches mm-hmm. who have won at least 60% of their games, that's considered a good coach. Um, that's the standards to get into the Hall of Fame is to win 60% of your games. When I put uh, his record against coaches who meet that criteria, he's only winning 40% of his games. Yeah. So when Sark's got a coach against a good coach, he gets out coached most of the time. Right. Sixty percent of the time when Sark passed a coach against a good coach, he has been out coached. And happened this year. 
He's three and four against coaches this year who have a sixty plus percent winning percentage. Five and one versus the ones who don't. So uh, he's got to learn how to win that chess match. And yeah. those, ga- those, ga- those games are there to be won, right? Yep. You, you got five losses, all of them by one score. Um, so those games are there to be won. It's just a few adjustments, a few count successful counters. So you know, just a move here or there, the the, the right chess move here or there, and that's checkmate. But yep. unfortunately, he's been on the losing end of that. Um, so right now he has a 74% winning percentage versus coaches who win less than 60% of their games. He's got a 40% winning percentage versus uh, coaches who win more than 60% of their games. Yeah. And he got all the weapons, and that's the he other does. part of it. He's got, he's got a weapon. lot to play he's got with. More than most, he's got more weapons right now than 85% of coordinators in the country. Correct. I know it sounds crazy, but even with just X-Men and JT and yeah. Jay Witt, he's still got more weapons than most college football programs. And by the way, if you need first-round mm. NFL talent to make your scheme work, Bruh. your scheme sucks. Yeah, it's not going to be. Sorry. Yeah, because everybody don't have that. Everybody don't <laughs> no, have really. that. Bama's yeah. got it. Oh, USC had it when you were there. Yeah. If you need that to make your scheme work, sorry, I'll be the first to tell you. And I'll, sorry, I don't want to smash your hopes and dreams. Your scheme sucks. <laughs> if that's what you need to make your scheme work. Because you know what? Everybody's scheme can work with first-round talent. Thank you. Me and Hart come with a scheme. Me and Hart Patrick stuff. will come that's with right. our own scheme for, for, for Alabama talent. And you know yeah. what? It'll be pretty damn good. We're I ain't saying it's going to be record-breaking. real nice. It's going to be real Yeah, we're going to look real nice. Come on, man. We, you must do better. Sorry, yep. you gotta do better. Period. He that's knows it. that. That's what. That's what it is. It's just because, that simple. You get paid too much. You gotta do better. Because period. your time here is thirteen and twelve. Yeah, that's all. Thirteen hey. and twelve right now. It's all right. He got so. on coach, but I don't think he'll continue. He did. He did better this year because, like I said, he's three and four in those games versus coaches who won sixty percent of those games. He got big win versus K State. That was big. Um, and I honestly, the win over UTSA. Yep. Is a big. I know people. And no, people want to, you know, mock UTSA. UTSA, you know, being a good team. You no, know I ain't mocking them. And Jeff, Tra- yeah, you've been. <laughs> you, you were talking about Frank Harris before anybody oh, I know talking about Frank Harris. Buddy. That was a good win for them. Yeah. That, that was a quality win for Texas over a damn good football coach. And he had to go win that chess match yep. against Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer was trying to get him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he was, if Jeff Trailer wouldn't have lost like four hour linemen. Right. That week. He lost like two in the he game. Lost, yeah, and two in the game. Two that's in the right. game. That's and right. then lost two that's before right. that. I, you know, he might have yep. a better shot at it. And remember, that that game is a close game before Jade Barron breaks it open. Yes. Jade Barron's the reason you win that game and it blows wide open. Before that, that's a one-score yep. game. Yep. And it's coming down to the right. And they're, they're, they're driving, I think, or trying to drive. Right. So uh, I, I think Texas is improved. And and I think we saw a lot of those strides this season. Um, but too many games kind of left out there to be won that Texas – didn't close. And I think that's the lesson for the offseason. You've got to find a way to yep. close out some of those games. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into a Texas basketball preview. They got a oh, Big yeah. 12 play starting this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit and break it down right here on Ball Don't Light on 1049 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is the Holy Wave, and they are playing New Year's Eve at the 13th floor. Oh, I like that. The Holy Wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get some psych rock. 
Oh, is that what it is? Oh, you're yes. supposed to be. Um, this don't even sound like psych rock. Well, it's like it's it's basically all the rock and roll where some psychedelics oh. can help the experience. Yes, I was, I was like, yeah, you're supposed to be on something when you're hearing this type you of said, music. And, it's, and of course, they're going to be playing on the. 13th floor. Ah. Uh, I didn't get that. There you go. I like that. Uh, All right. Let's talk about Texas basketball, gentlemen. They got a big game because start of Big 12 play for them versus their rival, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, uh, which is coming in. um, Actually, and we'll get into breaking Oklahoma down a little bit, uh, but the Texas uh, offense should, offensively, they should benefit from Marcus Carr coming off uh, a school record. Ten three-pointers against Texas A&M Beautiful. Commerce. Ten three-pointers. I missed this because I was uh, yeah, on were, the road. I didn't yeah. get a chance to watch the game, Bruh. full disclosure. But he was hot like that. Like 33 in the check? first half. 33. Hey, heat checking him like as soon as he comes across the court, across half court. They were finding him. That's and crazy. that is why Patrick and I were talking about it. It was one of those things where it was – he was taking shots, but they weren't forced shots. It was within the flow of the hmm. game. He was just hot like that. Wow. And I, it was from all angles. And he was doing everything. And he wasn't pounding the basketball, dribbling it up all the time and doing that. He was coming off screens. They were moving the ball. Hmm. They were looking for him. And it was catch and shoot. Yeah. Um, well, the Longhorns should feel confident. At least Marcus Carr should feel confident uh, coming off that 40-point burger. Uh, first 40-point burger since, what, 1996 mm-hmm. for uh, the Reggie Longhorns. Freeman. Reggie Freeman. Yep. A blast from the past there. Uh, but uh, Oklahoma, one thing I, I saw about Oklahoma that I thought kind of a staggering number, uh, the Sooners are hitting basically 40% of their, their threes. Yep. 39.8% of their threes while yep. they're holding their opponents to around 26% three-point uh, percentage. So they have the 12th best three-point shooting percentage in the country, and they got the 7th best three-point defense in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can play inside-out basketball. They got the Groves brothers yep. uh, who came from eastern Washington a couple of years ago uh, that can basically post you up, make mm-hmm. you collapse in on them. Once you collapse in on them, they can kick it out and hit a three. Simple enough game plan, but you have to have the right personnel to yep. do it. They have the right personnel to do it right now. Uh, Texas last year, when they had the most success against them, they basically took the ball hard at the Groves Brothers early in that game. They played it very physical and got them into foul trouble. Yeah, and that basically would let it let Texas do it. They wanted because, hey man, now those guys are on the bench. Your rotation screwed up. You don't have your inside out anymore because your guys, your basically your entire game plan gets thrown out because we got two fouls on them pretty quick. Yep. So we'll see if Texas tries to go at him again and see if they can get him to bite and get a couple fouls early and basically take them out of their game plan. But again, I mean, in all reality, you just need to play your style of basketball, which is you need to go inside and play inside out as well. But if that means not necessarily playing post-offense, but driving the ball in. And then what we talked about before they did really well in that game was following the ball. So if a guy's in the corner and he drives baseline – Marcus Carr can come right where that guy was in that baseline spot. As the defense collapses on him, no one comes out to get him, Mm. replace the ball, kick the ball back out, wide open three. That's a good point. So those kind of things, what Texas was doing a lot uh, in the Texas A&M Commerce game, so stuff like that, but just trying to move the ball around a little bit better, but drive the ball in, make those big guys get off their feet, make everybody move, and then kick the ball out and shoot some threes. Yeah, break down the defense by penetrating. Yeah. Um, And uh, one of the other guys I think that, I think everybody should keep an eye on is the transfer Grant Sherfield. Mm-hmm. Yes, this guy's a beast. Eighteen yep. points per game, almost four assists per game. Um, basically, he and the Groves brothers, as my man Patrick just admit uh, mentioned, they're they're definitely the ones to watch. Uh, they're kind of the uh, straw that stirs the drink for Oklahoma. 
Yeah, and and the thing too, you got to remember when you're watching this Texas basketball team, and Patrick and I were talking about this while you were out, Rob. They have uh, this will be their first true road test where they go into another team's arena. All the games that they've played in have been friendly like, confines. Like neutral sites. Yeah, neutral neutral site. sites. Yeah. yeah. So oh, when they went to point. Rio Grande Valley, they were yeah. they were neutral. They went to American Airlines. So like neutral. A, yeah, New like a York. classic or something. It right, was one of those. Yeah. yeah. So it's a totally different environment for them. And then factor in what's already going on with the Texas basketball team yeah. as far as the fans and it's gonna be hostile and you opening up Big Twelve play with your rival. With your rival. You know that those people, I told Patrick, everybody's going to be on vacation, but they coming back for that oh, game. Oh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm sure Longhorns have already seen it, but you should brought up a good point. They haven't been playing in hostile territory. So, yes, the unfortunate trials and tribulations the team are going through as a result of the off-the-court stuff. Yeah. Bas- college basketball fans don't care about that. They, they, oh, they don't they care about have how, all kinds of how, signs. How, how yeah, they don't, they don't care. care about that going to be. There's picture of the mugshot. You yeah, know, like, yeah. it's going to okay. be bad. It's yeah. exactly right. It's you know, this is going to be, be crazy. They have chance ready to go yeah. about Coach Beard and yeah. yeah. So just be ready for it. It's yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and for Texas, you got to be focused. I mean, look, it's a 1 p.m. game on New Year's Eve. You're going to fly home that night and be home with your. Whatever, whoever you're hanging out with uh, on New Year's Eve, you can't be thinking about your New Year's Eve plans. Oh, it's true. While you're playing, yeah, your focus yeah. has that's to be the way that. you get yeah. caught you up. You got to be all in on this game, man. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take everything. All that anybody wants to know, you're also going to see the bad Bijan. Uh, they have a Bijan, Bijan Cortez, the bad Bijan, <laughs> bad Bijan. Uh, looks like a love child of Dan Cortez. Uh, watch out for that kid when you watch him play, and you'll be like, "How is this a basketball player?" Yeah, yeah. bad Bijan. That's all I can think about when I see Bijan. It's gonna be a bad Bijan. I like that bizarro Bijan. Uh, all right, uh, that's a little Texas basketball conversation. We think Texas wins. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. O- Oklahoma is one of the lower Big Twelve teams. Okay. So you need to win. Yeah. Like, look, and it, it's Big Twelve. Anything can happen. That's it's your first game, but at the same point, you need to win that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Of course, hopefully, we're talking about a win on the other side. If we come back. I want to get into Cowboys win over the Titans. NFL Week Seventeen. Look ahead. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Hundred Four Nine The Horn.